LA Transplant. I'm Tiffany and we've made it to episode number four. Yeah. Okay, so this week I chatted with Tony Moore, who considers South Carolina his home. He moved here to Los Angeles about five years ago to be an actor and found himself doing much more. Hope you enjoy. Thanks so much for, for doing this interview with me. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. I came here seven minutes late, and I apologize for being so unprofessional. <laughs> but I told her that that's usually right on time for me because I'm usually about 10 minutes late. So you did good. <laughs> you did good. You But you deal with like some celebrities that you're running late for. Are they cool with that? No. Well, I'm usually on time for them. But in my normal everyday life, I think I run on my own clock. I think that's an LA thing though. It, it must be. Cause, but no, it's not an LA thing because I'm from South Carolina. So I brought this over from <laughs> South Carolina with me. So my friends used to tell me what time we were meeting 30 minutes prior to what to time we were going to be. So that way I was there on time. Is that a black thing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Running on CP time. Yes. <laughs> so you're from South Carolina. Yes. What brought you to LA? Oh, I hopped on the acting, hosting oh boat with everyone else. I mean, when I was younger, I always knew that I was going to end up in LA pursuing acting. Um, I just always enjoyed performing and I wanted to be a performer. And I had it in me when I was very young. Um, I was that kid who used to put on uh, backyard plays and shows and for anything. If it was Mother's Day, I was performing. If it was Earth Day, I was performing. Was that was your mother the type that'd be like, Tony, show him your dance? Yes. <laughs> yes, she was. Um, actually, when we were younger, uh, my cousins and I used to all perform together and we each had a song. Um, my uh, one of my cousins had Pebbles, uh, Mercedes Boy. That was her song. My song was Betty White, No Pain, No Gain. And then my other cousin had uh, doing the butt, which was doing like, doing the butt. Uh, hey, <laughs> sexy, sexy. So we would all perform those songs for any family, you know, I function or anything. Yeah. That you had an old soul song. Yeah, I I wasn't familiar with okay. Betty Wright at all, and um, but there's a a like the bridge of the song where she's like be a cook in the kitchen the lady in the street and they loved watching me perform that oh my god um so that was like that thing they're like oh go ahead Get boy it, sing it, it. <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah so. so so they were always kind of encouraging you to explore your artistic side yeah for the most part um i discovered really young that i could dance and um, being and living in Alabama at the time, it was and being as young as I was, it was still that stereotype where guys shouldn't dance. You were living in Alabama. Yeah, for for a short amount of time. It was it was my transition period. Uh, my dad was in the military, mm -hmm. so he went to set us up in Germany, and we lived in Alabama with uh, my grandmother and aunts uh, while he got everything set up for us. And um, I started like dancing around the house and stuff. And my aunt would be like, stop all that prancing. And so I stopped and I rediscovered dance uh, my junior year of high school. 
And my aunt now tells me, she's like, I shouldn't have told you to stop all that prancing because you good, boy. See there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I always encourage people, do you. Don't right. let anybody tell you you can't do something. So then you moved from Alabama to South Carolina. I moved from Alabama to Germany. Okay. Then to South Carolina. Yeah, because of my dad's military. Did you spend field. a lot of time overseas? Um, Four years. Four okay. years in Germany. Yeah. It's long enough to get acquainted with things. Yeah, a little bit. How um, old were you? I was eight or nine okay. when I moved there. Um, wasn't a culture shock to me at all. Um, for me, you know, just being used to picking up and moving so often, um, it was just kind of like, okay, we're here. As right. long as they got American food, I'm good. As long as they got some <laughs> McDonald's. Yeah, right? Well, it's amazing, too, what an eight-year-old can adjust to. Exactly. So, yeah. when did you guys start a home somewhere here in the States? Um, that was after our move from Germany. We moved to South Carolina, and um, my dad was about to retire from the military, so... Uh, they wanted to plant roots, you know, somewhere that was close to Alabama where my extended family lives, but not in Alabama. Right. Uh, so they chose South Carolina. Um, so, and I, I say I'm from South Carolina cause it's the longest place I've lived. How so, long did you live there? Oh, over 10 years. Yeah. That's home. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much home. Um, did you like it there? I've I been did. through South Carolina, and I'm from Alabama, so I've seen it all. I feel like I've seen it all. Yeah. And I ha- happened to be at a Walmart in South Carolina, and um. that was a little bit of a culture shock for me. <laughs> <laughs> from Alabama. It's different. Yeah. Did you love it? I did. I, I loved South Carolina. It was nice. It was easy breezy, but I knew that I couldn't be there for long. Did you dance and prance around in South Carolina? I did. I, um... I did, I actually took class at uh, Southern Strut in Columbia. And um, was it jazz dancing or? It was like an adult jazz class. Yeah. And then I took some dance classes in college, um, trying to hone in on my dance skills. But I wasn't, by that age, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do leaps and turns and stuff. And so it's just one of those little, you know, you have your little bag of traits that you can do just in case. Add that to the special skills section. Exactly. At the bottom of the resume. resume, (laughs) Dance. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Yeah. So what age were you when you decided that I got to get out of South Carolina? And why was it L.A.? Why not New York or Chicago? Well, I was 25. And I had graduated from, by this time I had graduated from college and spent some time in Columbia trying to figure things out. And I got my grown-up job. Um, Which was? I was the office coordinator at an employment agency. So like a temp service. Yeah, it sounded real fancy, (laughs) right? right? Um, So that, you know, when I got that job, they were talking about, you know, salaries and benefits and 401k. And I was like, I was like, what is all this? Where's that hourly paycheck? Just let me know what day it is, you know? And so um, I, I figured, you know, if I'm starting to get older, I went to college like I wanted to because I, everything I do in life, I want to make sure I have a plan and that I'm secure for the future. I didn't want to move to L.A. or New York right after high school without having a college degree. Because now in this day and age, you have to have a degree no matter what you do. So I wanted to make sure in case acting didn't work out, I had something to fall back on. So went to college, you know, got a job and was like, okay, I'm going to save up so I can make my move to um, L.A. I knew it was always going to be L.A. because I just wasn't a New Yorker. New York seems to... 
busy to yeah. th- there's a there's this different and cold. yeah different vibe in, in new york and i i visited new york a few times but it just wasn't my thing and i i took a week to come out to la just to see if you know i would like it and instantly i did and so yeah i i for for some reason, I totally thought forgot the question. See how easy. It, now I know why the people I interview trail off because it's like, wait, what was the question? Okay, um, well, the host of me also <laughs> trails off. So let me see. <laughs> We're talking about why you came here and why it was L.A. Like, okay, so you're 25. Yes. Working your big man job. Yes. And you were like, okay. LA is calling my name. So yes. I'm going to take a trip and see if I can work this out. Exactly. And I, I felt like I was getting older and I needed to dive into my acting career. And so I said, you know what? I'm never going to have the amount of money I want saved to make the move. I'm just going to have to do it. What was your comfortable amount? Because everyone, I've heard several different things. Some people have come out here with nothing. I had enough to move my stuff to um, for the plane ticket. And a month of rent. That was it. And I had to make it work. That's that's hardcore. <laughs> yeah. That's easy, though. You can do that. Because, well, sometimes that makes you get your shit together faster. Oh, yeah. Like, I literally jumped off the plane and I was like, I got to find a job. That's how I was. Yeah. I was working on day two. Yeah. Of yeah. being here doing background work. Yeah, exactly. So you took your trip, mm-hmm. went back home and said, Mom, I love LA. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. Yeah. What'd she say? She said, go for it. I'll get it, mom. Yeah. You know, the, the good thing about my parents is that they always knew that I was going to move to LA. Yeah. So when I finally decided to move to LA, they weren't surprised. Um, I had already been pursuing acting for quite, you know, for most of my life, really. And so it wasn't a surprise to them. They wanted to encourage me to do what I wanted to do and what I felt was best for me. So... That's what I did. Well, and I guess it traveling was not foreign to them either. Like they've no. been around, and so there were no apprehensions that they placed on you. Not at all. And well, and you're a boy too. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it is different well, for girls. My family was like, "You're gonna get raped. They rape people <laughs> out there. <laughs> Don't go." My mom always says, "Now you be careful of your surroundings. Watch yeah. out for your surroundings." Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it was still a little scary. I didn't realize until I got here, like I'm really away from home now. Cause when I went to college, I went to college an hour outside of Columbia in Rock Hill, South Carolina. So I could easily get home if I wanted to. But now, you know, when things happen, it's like, I have to catch a flight and Mm -hmm. it's four hours and it's on the other, you know, side of the, the continent. And it's just like, it's a lot. That's always in the back of my mind, too. Like, mm-hmm. I just can't get home soon enough. Like, yeah. we had a death in the family. Sad town. Here we go. Sorry. Right. But it was like $5,000 just to go home because it was sh- such short notice. Yeah. And it's like, that's always something that lingers in my mind. I'm always so far away. However, yeah. they want you to live your life, right? They, they do. Yeah. And the, the same has happened to me. We've had, you know, a few deaths in, in the family. And it's like you're stunned and then it's like what like how do I get there you know to Mm -hmm. to be with everyone so yeah you know you think about that but at the same time we all have our own paths and lives to live so you just got to take those chances so you came on out Mm -hmm. did you know anyone I knew a a couple of people um but not many how many like five like three they were close friends no they were like 
uh, like acquaintances. Okay. Yeah. That you just work with in the past or. Yeah. That uh, one, actually the, one of the original girls uh, in the house that I live in, uh, we were with the same agency and we did a photo shoot together back in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, so we had only met once mm-hmm. and then the agency kind of put us together cause she was out here trying to get stabled and moved in and I was coming out here. Um, so they linked us up. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, you guys are kind of on the same page and the yeah. same time frame. Yeah. So, um, that worked out at least, you know, having a familiar face, but other than that, um, it wasn't until maybe a few months after I moved, a mutual friend moved out. Um, and we've been best friends ever since. Um, and I've, you know, gotten to know, you know, a few people and realized there were some people from college, uh, that I knew that were here. So along the way it's kind of built, but at first it was kind of like, Oh no, nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've been doing that for the past four years, Yeah, which it's cause I came out here not knowing anyone at all. And so being from the South and, Uh Oh, that's my phone ringing. <laughs> this is awful. You know, you got to keep that phone on in L.A. You never <laughs> know. It could be it could be that call. At least put it on silent. <laughs> Jeez, host. Oh, that could be somebody. I don't know who that is. See? Whenever, whenever, back around whenever that. your your phone rings and it's a number that's not saved, I know. that could be business. That could be business. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we'll continue. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember where I was. Oh, I don't know. I didn't know anyone when I came, which yeah. was kind of scary. And I ended up finding a place to live off Craigslist, mm-hmm. like a regular a, a place in North Carolina or North Hollywood. Mm-hmm. What did you do? How did you find housing? I was actually lucky enough. I um, so I came out here for a week, June of 2008. And then I came uh, again, July, uh, July of the same year. And I had a meeting with an agency um, and the girl uh, who was with the agency back home, uh, we started kind of looking for places and we ended up finding uh, the place that I live in now over that weekend. Oh, good. So I did all the paperwork and stuff that I needed to do from South Carolina. So when I moved here, I moved straight into the place that I live in now. Seamless. Yeah. That rarely happens. And, and, but, you know, that was the scary thing about moving to L.A. is that it was it seemed too easy. Yeah. For You know, it, it seemed like, OK, it was a Friday. I had uh, it was my last day at the employment agency that Monday I was in L.A. Wow. Yeah. So it was it was really weird how I was able just to pick up and just. Move. move yeah and all i had to do was wait because i shipped all my, all my stuff mm-hmm. um which sounds so bougie i ship my stuff too <laughs> drive across country what i was not <laughs> let me tell you i'm the when it comes to driving i'm the first person to fall asleep right i'm I like wake not, me up when we get there i don't even like driving to vegas and that's a four-hour trip i will right. fly to vegas in no, a heartbeat driving from north hollywood to hollywood is 20 minutes I know. gets on my nerves see that which is why i offered to come to you right i live and all I the appreciate way that. at the end of west hollywood Mm-hmm. And so it took me 35 minutes to get here and traffic was awful coming yeah. through Hollywood. So yeah. I feel you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you had a couple people that you knew. Mm-hmm. I personally found it difficult to make friends here. Um, yes. And you know why? It's because we're from the South. Yeah. Which is, I know. And I realized that recently because I'm used to being genuine with people, mm-hmm. caring when I ask how you're doing. I want to know. Yeah. Uh, 
if I invite you over to my home to break bread, like I care. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I've not gotten that here. Because here it's what can you do for me? Oh, yeah. And if you can't do anything for them, they don't want you in your circle, right. in, in their circle. Um, don't don't hate me, L.A. folks. <laughs> but but, you know, th- th- that's just how some people are. Me, as long as you're a good person, we can be friends. We can break bread. We can go hang out. Just continue being a good person because the second you give me a reason to not trust you, to not want to be around you, then I don't want to be around you, you know? And that's the Southerner in us, you know? When we meet someone for the first time, you meet them with open arms. You know, as long as they seem like they're they're not going to do you any harm, it's like, come on over to the house, you know, let's go here, let's do this. Here, it's what can you do for me? There's a wall up. There's a huge wall up what, until they figure you out. What corporation do you work for? Right. You know, what? who do you know right. that can help me in, in my career? Yeah. You know, and what, what I used to tell a, a lot of people is that sometimes the person that you meet may not be able to do something for you directly, but they may know someone, mm-hmm. you know, who can help you. And they'll be willing to give you that information as long as you're, a nice genuine person you know you can't use them you can't make them feel like i'm only friends with you because i'm trying to get your connections you know there are times where i see casting calls and things like that and i pass them along to my friends you know without you know any hesitation you know there are some people here who see stuff and they will not tell a soul because they feel like oh i won't get it if i let everyone know right it's not up to you you know it's up to the people who are over that and if you just I don't know. If, if people were a little more genuine here, this city would be a lot easier. Oh, eye roll. Right. <laughs> That's right. Not wishful thinking. Very wishful thinking. But I think it starts with people like you and me mm-hmm. who come in uh, to L.A. and not conform to the L.A. way. Right. You know, you come out. The, the main thing is when you do move out here, you have to have a sense of self. And when you do have a sense of self, then there are things you won't fall into. Like? Like just, I always call it like the dark side of, of Mm -hmm. LA and Hollywood, right? (laughs) Like, you know, people feel like when they, when they come out here, they have to do certain things in order to be with a certain crowd. And I don't think you have to do that. Which is, I have a few things that come to mind are the look. The look. The car. The, the car, the, you know, the partying all night, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to do all that. You know, you just be true to you. Because the secret in Hollywood really is they just want you. Do you. Yeah. Like you, if you are you, then people will be interested in you. That's very good advice that many people need to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people come to L.A., even just to visit L.A., Mm -hmm. with this idea of what L.A. is. Oh, yeah. Because that's what Hollywood told the world. Yeah. They're the first person to go to the car rental place. And not get a regular car. They no. got to get a convertible. Like a Lamborghini. They got to get the, the Bentley. You know, they got they got to get something fancy because right. they feel like they have, or they got to go get a limo. Yeah. Let me tell y'all something. People don't do limos around here. <laughs> what? There, there are. You know, we we have this idea of like limousines and yeah. all, nobody does that. Now they do car service. Those 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 little black town cars. Get an Uber. Right. Something. Something. You know. So. I don't know. I I think it, uh, you know, again, it starts with people like us who come in, they know who they are, they're genuine, and things will happen for you. 
it might take a little longer. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, for people like us. It, it might take a little longer. Slow and steady wins the race. That's true. Yeah. Um, so did you have problems finding work at all when you got here? Um, you said that everything kind of fell into place. It did. Questionably easy. But because I did my research. Right. I knew what to do once I got here. So um, my previous job, like I said, was a uh, employment agency. So the first thing I did was sign up with them. You know, they have the corporate branches located just in Glendale. So I registered with them. I registered with a couple of other companies. I applied to a few other jobs. And um, I finally landed a job maybe like a few weeks after I moved here. Um, I became a casting assistant. Still still am. Right. But, you know, that's been like my, my stable job. And what type of job is that you kind of help people place them in TV shows? Yeah, uh, mainly background work. Mm -hmm. So uh, the company I work for, uh, we cast for movies and TV shows and um, and we book people for those types of, of productions and place them in the background. So it's all background work. Do you like it? I do. I do. So what do you see there? I imagine you see some interesting people through your work. You know what I enjoy seeing? The fresh faces. Because mm -hmm. they're the people who just moved here. Yep. Who want to make it in this business. And that's like the first stop that they go to. Do you have a lot of face-to-face -face experience with these people? Um, or do are they sending in headshots? No, face-to-face. -face. Uh -huh. Yeah, because they have to come in and register and things like that. So, um I'm like the one of the first people that they see when they first come in. And so I have to make a good impression um, <laughs> or else they won't like us. Um, but it's, it's nice to sit there and talk to them and answer all the questions that they have and just being able to, to interact with them. It kind of keeps me in good spirits, too. It keeps that fresh feeling mm -hmm. in, in me, too. So that way I don't become L.A. jaded. I'm <laughs> guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, I... I'm starting to embrace the newcomers as well because yeah. there is such a fresh energy mm -hmm. that they're bringing in with them. Yeah. Um, so newcomers, let's be friends. Let's be friends. Exactly. Are you guys always looking for people? Like if someone's always. listening and they want to submit, like how do they always, go always. about doing that? Um, it is central casting. Ah, yes. I signed up for central casting the day that I touched down here. That's what, that's where everyone goes. Yeah. So, so yeah. So we're always registering. We're always, uh, looking for new people. So go to centralcasting.com register. And that's a great, I think that's a great job for someone coming to LA mm -hmm. looking for work. It's mm -hmm. a great first job, but what's the work like? I mean, are there types that get cast more than others? It all depends on the production. Um, and I and everyone should keep that in mind when when registering, um, whatever their production needs, that w that's what we need to provide. So um, there are people who work very often. There are people who don't work as much, and that's not because of the production; it's because they don't put uh, work into it. But um, into their look, into their into finding work. Oh, I see. Um, you have to put in the effort. I always say, the more you put in, the more you get out. Um, so especially working, uh, you know, working with central, you definitely have to, you know, just call in, see what's available, you know, be on, on your game. So that way you can get those bookings and, and have that, that extra cash flow you know, you can kind of use that as a survival job. A lot of actors use it as a way to have some sort of income coming in. Mm -hmm. So that way you're working on set, but you know, you're not like, it's not like a nine to five 
job. Right. You know what I mean? You're in the industry. You're in the industry doing industry stuff. Um, so, yeah, so I trailed off so again. So you do that, yeah. and you have also do some background work, too. I do. Um, it doesn't affect my work. How? I, that's what I wonder, because yeah. it seems like the impression that I got from casting companies is that if they have any idea that you want to be on screen whatsoever, mm-hmm. they usually will stay away from you. Um, As nope. an employee, no? Well, they didn't really find out until maybe ye- years later. Mm-hmm. I kept it under wraps. Okay. Um, I think it wasn't until like a year, a year and a half after I, I was working there that it sort of started kind of getting out. And it was just a, as long as it doesn't affect your job, and you're What do you fine. mean getting out? <laughs> you you know, I don't. You, popping up on shows. Right. You know <laughs> what I mean? Or just like, you know, calling in because, you know, Uh-oh. I booked this or because, I, you know, mm-hmm. you know, being what it, it's still a job. Right. You, know, you have to make sure your your job is intact. Um, but I, I also luckily just I have a very odd schedule. Um, so right now we're doing this interview now and most people are usually working, but I actually go in later on today. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm off on Mondays and Tuesdays. So that's nice. That's kind of, you know, my schedule just allows me to kind of do stuff here and there, you know, to where I'm still, you know, in the race. Right. Um, but I'm not letting it affect my, my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that, which is also necessary. A lot of yes. people used to ha- or usually have to choose one or the other. Yeah. It's always key as an actor to have a survival job Mm -hmm. um the basic one or the the classic one is being a waiter um then there's bartender then there's working with catering companies and things like that find something that allows you to be flexible with your schedule in case you know you get that audition and you're able to kind of rearrange your day um or you know hone in on a different craft um, I know many actors who are photographers, who are editors, who are videographers, and they do that as a side business. So that's their income, plus they're pursuing acting. So think about that. Like when you're moving here, like what else can I do? You know, if I can't totally survive as an actor, what else can I do that can help, you know, me have an income still coming in to where I'm not living in my car, eating off ramen ramen noodles all day which there's nothing wrong with ramen noodles they are good i got two packs waiting for me (laughs) after this the ramen (laughs) burger is also coming back have you heard of that that's an la thing is it maybe it's brooklyn but ramen burger yeah that's that's i have not heard of that (laughs) what is that just noodles and bread they use the noodles as bread and there's a, a hamburger patty in between and it's the most beautiful looking thing i've ever seen in my life but it's like a that's a whole other, <laughs> this is not a food podcast. <laughs> okay, so you were able to do that, and mm-hmm. then you worked on days. Is that mostly? Yeah, um, every now and then I work uh, as a background actor on Days of Our Lives, and um, it's my favorite show. So being able to do background work on it is amazing. Um, and it's fun. I started doing that like four years ago. Um Short or was it shortly after I moved? Yeah, shortly after I moved. Um, and that comes in every now and then, and it's fun. It's fun like watching the show and seeing myself pop up <laughs> in the there. background of it. Yeah, um, but I also do uh, charity work with uh, the Stars of Days of Our Lives. Um, I host uh, different charity events uh, around the country. Um, 
through dual coast events. Um, they have different cities that they will bring the stars to and it'll be linked to a different charity. And it's like a, like a fan event, mm-hmm. um, where they do like a Q and a, a lunch or breakfast auction, a dance, you know, a mix and mingle, things like that. And it's always a fun time. So if you're a fan of days of our lives, dualcoastevents.com. I want to get into your show in a little bit, but mm-hmm. thinking about doing events like that makes me nervous. I get nervous <laughs> every single time. Before I I grab the mic, I'm always nervous. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it's because you have to quickly, as a host, um, figure out the room and figure out the energy of the room and what you can bring to it to add to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's always nerve wracking because you never know, are they going to like me? Uh, You know, are they going to have a good time with me? Like, oh, like you're in charge of making sure that the event happens. Right. so I'm always nervous. Even even though the fans are now very familiar with me, I still get nervous. Yeah. I get so nervous. But, but once, it goes away, right? It does. At like about five after or ten the minutes. after my hey everyone, how's everyone doing? Woo! Yep, exactly. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, okay. we can do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that's good. And then yeah. dealing with passionate fans, too, I imagine makes it much easier because they want to yeah. like you. They want to like everything that's happening. It, oh, but trust me, if they don't like you, they will. Have you had an experience like that? I haven't. Okay. Yet. Okay. Anyone listening, don't make me have that experience. Whatever. You're super likable. <laughs> I would not be talking to you if you weren't. <laughs> Tiffany would have said, you know what? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. This you is know it. what? This, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would make that drive all the way back all the through way that back. traffic. And the whole way back, she would have said, I cannot believe <laughs> I drove all the way out here to meet this ratchet and, boy. And then I would send you a bill for gas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's real ratchet. Yeah. Look at my email and it's like, your bill is $220 for gas. For gas. <laughs> and emotional distress for and driving <laughs> through traffic. <laughs> um, so how did you get into on-camera hosting? I wanted to hone in on my hosting skills because that was something else I didn't discover until very much later in life. Um, I've always been a people person. I love getting to know people and just talking to people. I will befriend anybody until you give me a reason not to. And so I wanted a show that would allow me to combine my hosting skills and my love for pop culture. And I wanted to, I was like, okay, well, Let's do a web talk show um, where I interview people in the entertainment industry um, and kind of humanize them a little bit. Because I think, especially, you know, some of my friends back home, they feel like, oh, you're living in L.A. What celebrities did you see today? What red carpet events did you go to? Um, what parties did you right. go to? And I'm like, you know, life in L.A. is not it's like not that. It's not like that, but that to them validates right. your life here. Yeah, and it, it can be like that if you're in that scheme of things. Uh, but for me, it, it it wasn't like that. It, it really feels like I'm back in South Carolina mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, so I wanted people to realize these celebrities and people that we see on a daily basis or that we know of, I wanted them to get to know them in a very cool, casual, um, almost like you're looking at two friends talking kind of a way. Right. So I came up with Lounging with Tony. and um, Just one day out just, of the blue, kind of brainstorming about what you could, what your footprint in the hosting world could yeah, be. Yeah, it was, um, it's actually one of the ideas that I had listed on a 
little notebook pad mm-hmm. and I just wrote out some like I wrote out uh, a show uh, a show idea for a web show I had lounging with Tony and I think I had something else another web show and I was like which one would kind of be the easiest to to get started with and I was like okay let's do this lounging with Tony so you one. went with celebrity interviews that is I don't know what I was thinking I don't know what I was thinking the easiest thing to do that was that was the southerner in me thinking like Okay, this will be easy, right. you know. Um, so far, it has been. It looks great. I mean, I saw your open. The open looks amazing. Thank you. I, that that I is thanks it. to my friend uh, Dan Magro, who looked at the opening in season one, and um, I I liked that opening, but he was like, "I want to do an opening for you," and okay. I was like, "Okay," because the the one that I had was my vision, mm-hmm. and he was like, "I want to I want to." do something else it looks great yeah thank you and your show looks great it's well shot thank you you're shout out to evan rosenberg is that your photographer my videographer how did you find him craigslist boop boop yeah which is another tool let me tell you evan is i i always praise him for coming on to the show and making it what it is Mm -hmm. um evan came on in season two (laughs) <laughs> I always feel like it sounds season two. Um, <laughs> well, you do have seasons. Though. I do. Um, all neck, all right. legitimacy. Um, but he came on in season two, and um, when we met, he was just like, you know, I believe in your show. I believe in you. You seem like a, a really great guy. I want to help. Oh, that's and, very rare. Yeah, very rare. And um, each time we shoot each time we we do a show each season that that we work together on he brings something new and something different to the show and he'll he'll just show up and go we're gonna try this and i just say you know do it right um so that that was the first season we worked on together the third season he brought in this like gliding camera so like um, cause uh, the show is a three camera setup. There's my camera. Oh my God. That's hardcore. Isn't, isn't it hardcore? But that's, that's because of Evan. Oh Evan, my Evan gosh. brings in all the equipment and, um, there's a camera for me. There's a camera for our guests. And then there's a wide camera for the both of us. Um, and he was like, I'm going to try this new technique. And so the middle camera now glides back and forth. And I was just like, this is some this some fancy stuff now and 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 then now he he does this editing thing uh, where it's it's kind of blue tinted type he always tries something different Mm -hmm. with with the show and that i'm i appreciate about him so much was this like an exhausting process of kind of auditioning videographers or he just happened to fall into your lap i wish he fell into my lap the first go around yeah um i went he was the third videographer oh i see um there was a videographer for the very first episode uh of the first season uh and then another one for the uh last two episodes in the first season and they weren't quite working out because they they were want to pay a lot of pay. Oh, I was paying them. Yeah. Um, it probably wasn't as much as they would have liked me to, but it was it was what I could do. That's LA though. It's very it's LA. never what you want. But the problem with them is that they didn't completely believe in the product. Okay. And it's frustrating. A, I will say this: when when you're a videographer or editor and you're working on someone else's project. Um, it's it may be hard for you to 
get into that project because it's not yours. To get on you know? board with someone else's yeah. vision and dream. Exactly. When, when it's your project, you know, your, your thing, you're very passionate about it. And the previous um, videographers and editors, they weren't, they weren't as into it as I was because mm-hmm. this was obviously my project. Um, insert Evan who is just as passionate about putting out a good product as I am. Right. Because he sees it as, it's not only you that I need to make sure looks good, but it's me as well. Because if I look bad, so do you. Right. You know, so I want to make sure we both look, look good. good. Yeah. Yeah. So you produce a show, you host a show. Mm-hmm. How is that for you? How's your process? How do you get these celebrities? Because you've had Raven Simone, mm-hmm. you've had Don Richardson, Richards? Don Richard. Richard. Yeah. Oh, trust me. No, I Is almost that? made that. I almost made that same mistake when I when I met her. Oh my God! Really? Yeah. I was I was sitting there. Is that new? No, it's always been Richard. Because she's from she's from Louisiana, from New Orleans. So. Okay. Um, and I was about to say the same thing, and I was about to say Don Richard, and I was like, well, let me as I'm doing my research, I heard some of the people say Richard, and I was like, oh. And even my friend was like, Don Richard. And I was like, okay. So I did my opening. And I was like, we have on the show Don Richard. And she was like, oh, my God, thank you. You got my name right. And I was like, (laughs) if y'all can see me right now, it's that that (laughs) moment of relief. Like, oh, thank God. Um, But, yeah, Don Richard of Danity King. Um, It's um, Wayne Brady you've also had, who is huge. You've had some really good guests. It's been a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. Um, But... A lot of a lot of the times, it, again, with LA, is all about who you know. Mm-hmm. So sometimes knowing someone who knows someone is always good. Um, with Raven, I met her uh, before asking her to do the show, and it wasn't until a month after I met her that I asked her to do the show at an event or yeah, just... at, at an event. And um, y- you know, and we you guys exchanged numbers. Not until because I started. It was weird because I I saw her and then I kept seeing her. Um, And so it was maybe like the third time we had seen each other within that month. Um, We exchanged numbers. And then a little while after that, I was like, hey, so I have this show. Would you be a guest on it? And she was like, yeah, sure. No problem. She was like, let me put you in touch with my people. And next thing I know, this literally happened. She sent that text. And about 10 minutes later, I got an email from her publicist scheduling the interview. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was I, it was just luck of the draw, you know, with that. I think if I had blindly just emailed her publicist, I don't know if it would have happened like that. Um, and I've experienced that a lot. There's, there's a lot of people that I go after and I get a lot of no's. But with those no's, I'm just thankful to get a reply. Right. Well, now you're on their radar. I hope so. I hope so. And so then when you're like on the cover of something, they're going to be like, darn. I yeah. wish I had an interview yeah. with that guy. Exactly. I wish I would have took a chance on that guy. Um, but it, it, it is a lot of hard work. It's, it's you know, going after those guests and people that you want. It's sending those emails without being, you know, annoying about it. But sending a follow-up, hey, you know, just wanted to follow up. You know, it was um, 10 emails later before I finally got a reply from one of the guests that I really, really wanted to get. Still haven't gotten them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but that reply just made me feel like I was one step closer right. to hopefully landing them. Um, so, yeah, I've just been very lucky to land some of the people that, that I've, I've gotten. And, 
even um, interviewing with uh, with Wayne Brady, he was like, thank you for having me on your show. And I was like, what? I was like, hold on. <laughs> thank you right? for being on the show, you know, and and the, the good feedback that I get from them, like, you know, man, you're you're really great. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm, I'm headed in the right direction. So, so where do you see the direction of the show going? What do you want? Because you've just wrapped up season four. Still, still filming season still four. Still filming season yeah. four. Um, hopefully, at some point, the next interview that will be coming out will be uh, Darius McCrary. Oh, nice. Eddie Ooh. Winslow from Family Matters. Have you interviewed him already? I have. Darn. Yeah. I yeah. have questions for him. Right? <laughs> um, How classy are you keeping these interviews? Very classy. You know, because I'm not just regular everyday Tony. I don't, I don't want you to tell your deepest, darkest secret to me. I don't want you... I don't want you to feel like you're revealing too much to me, you know? Why is that? I, because I just feel like, yeah, I want to be very respectful of someone's privacy and I want to be respectful of the fact that there are things that you don't want everybody to know about. And that could be my uh, Southern trait that I have. Mm -hmm. My mom always said, if you're going to do something, do it at home. Right. You don't let everybody in your business. So the main point of these interviews is, uh, is that you get to know them. But it doesn't feel like you're getting gossip mm-hmm. out of them. You know what I mean? So, and I want them to feel comfortable with me and knowing that I'm not trying to get them to spill everything about them. Because I know there are certain things that you would just rather keep quiet. I am the complete opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I um, worked for a couple of shows and we had Darius's ex-wife on our show. Yes. Um, yes. Which is why I get excited immediately at the mm. mention of either one of their names because mm. there's so much there yes. to dig into. Yes. Um, for those of you who don't know <laughs> who his ex-wife is, it's uh, the lovely, I don't know, I don't even know her real name. I just know her uh, nickname. Kif- Superhead. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, you don't want to call it that, but I, I think but that's, it's, it's I don't like know her real name. Kefan, no, Kef- Stefan, no, Kareen, Stephens. Stephens. There we go. See how much harder that is to say when you Try can just say Superhead. Yeah. Um, but that's trashy. But I feel like in this web world that we both live in, mm-hmm. that's what people want to hear. Yeah. They want to click course. on the scandal. Yeah. So how do you stay afloat with a classy show? Um, cause it isn't there, there has to be some give and take maybe or not. I maybe yeah. not. You maybe don't have to compromise. Like even with, um, with Dawn's interview, uh, we talked a lot about like the breakup of Danny Kane and, and okay. things like that, which is something so you're that, digging into some of that. Yeah. But it's, I, it's a, in a very respect, respectable way, you know? Well, I think that you do what it is that you're setting out to do very well, just Thank as you. a viewer. Cause I, and I am a critic. Yeah, <laughs> so if we I don't all are. like it, I will let you know. But yeah. you're very warm and likable on Thank camera. You. And I can tell that your guests are likable, too. Mm-hmm. And they like you and they feel comfortable for the most part. Yeah. I can't tell you the feeling of when you land an interview with who it's it's a it's a good feeling because you're like, yes, I got it. Like it's happening. You know, um, the very first time I had that feeling was with. Jaquel Knight. Urkel? No, no, no. 
Jaquel Knight. That's, ja- that's Jaleel White. White. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Jaquel Knight is the, uh, he's a dancer choreographer. He choreographed Beyonce's Single Ladies. Oh, okay. And has worked with Beyonce. And I'm a big Beyonce fan. As we all are. Right. Yeah. Not not big like if you walk in my room, I have posters and articles about her, but I appreciate her work. Her artistry. Uh, yeah. And with Jaquel, I found him on Facebook and I sent a message like, hey, I have this talk show. I would love for you to be on it. Let me know. Here's my email, contact, everything. And he replied. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. And he was like, let me put you in touch with my assistant. We worked it out. And then next thing you know, there's the interview with me and Jaquel. And it was that moment of like, I can't believe I got this interview. Like I, I felt very honored that someone would spend time to sit and chat with me. He was actually the first interview that I landed outside of someone that I already knew. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's also why it meant something as well. You know, Mm -hmm. not only to have someone who is only, who was standing between me and Beyonce, but you know, but someone who, you know, had notoriety and not that anyone else didn't, but like at that time, single ladies was still, you know, pretty popular. So many people were doing YouTube videos of it and things like that. And here's the guy that created the classic moves on my little web show. Right. You know, so that was a moment for me. So moving forward, who do you want on the show? Let's see. There are a few people. I would love to sit and and chat with T and Tamara. They're doing a lot right now, and I'm a big fan of their of their uh, reality show. Um, I would love to sit and talk to them. Um, Arsenio Hall, I was really Ooh. close, very close he would to getting be great. very close to getting um, Arsenio, but uh, it was around the time he had just started the Arsenio Hall show, mm-hmm. um, and so his schedule was very hectic. What do you think about the Arsenio Hall show? Have you watched it? I have watched it. Um, I feel like it's picking up where it left off. When it when it ended, mm-hmm. I watched it from the first because I used to watch it when I was little, um, mm-hmm. and I'm a fan of him, and mm-hmm. also a fan of black men in late night television, like, right? Represent, of course, fist yeah. pump, <laughs> yeah, right, fist in the fist air, fist in the air. Um, so I was really excited to to see him coming back on. Mm-hmm. I couldn't help but feel his nerves, you know, and upon I, launching the new show, yeah, because it's tough. And mm-hmm. I when I was reading some of the reasons why he went off the air the first time it was saying that his show was a too black mm-hmm. um, for the white audience that watches late night television with all the rappers and stuff that he was having on. Mm-hmm. And then he was also trying to straddle the fence and have, you know, more, I guess, safer acts on. And mm-hmm. so like the black community was turning on him too, Yeah, which is yeah. like a no win right. in most cases when you're trying to pursue this role. Yeah. It's also people not being aware of, there are a whole team of people that deal with stuff that we don't know about your target audience and who you're trying to reach and, and things like that. That's why I try to keep my show. That's what I want to know. Like what is your target audience and who you, everybody, (laughs) everybody. I don't, I don't, my show is not just for, for black people. It's not just for white people. It's for everybody. It's for everybody who has a love of pop culture and everyone who, um, who grew up watching little Olivia, you know, Raven Simone, anyone who 
enjoyed uh, Wayne Brady on um, Whose Line is, is This Anyway? To the soap opera, uh, the to the fan of Days of Our Lives, when I interviewed Casey Diedrich. So it's really for everybody, you know? I don't, and I, I, I like that I keep myself broad because I don't want to be in a niche. The problem, though, in Hollywood you is that have you have to have a niche. You have to have a niche. Well, you, you know what? You have to define yourself with s- at least three adjectives that fit into some sort of something. In some sort of niche. Unless Maybe you create it yourself. Yeah. My niche is Tony. Mm-hmm. There is no other Tony out there. There's one. Well, two, if you include my daddy, who I'm <laughs> named after. Um, and Tony the Tiger, who makes some bomb <laughs> frosted flakes. Great. Um, but I can I can only present me. What does mm. your social life consist of? Work. Really? Work, work, and more work. That's what I feel too. Like yeah. if I'm not if I'm out partying or something, I'm not working. Yeah. And and when I do go out, uh, which you know, I I don't like going out to like Hollywood esque yeah. clubs. A because I don't like waiting in line. Me either. Like. Wait Don't, in line to pay $25. $25, yeah. Now, but granted, you're a female. You could probably get in for free. With a short skirt and my ass hanging out. With a with a little, not with a little wink and a smile. You'll get, <laughs> but here I am standing there next to you, and they're like, $25. $25 for what? There's nobody in here. Right. Um. So, I don't know. For me, I just have a good group of friends that, you know, we do stuff. We travel. Well, not really travel as much, but, like, we... You know, hang out. We go to the movies. We go to different performing events and things like that. Roscoe's. Ros- oh, have you been to Roscoe's? <laughs> you know I've been to Roscoe's. It's the first place I went. <laughs> you know what? I The first time, it was just recently, I went to Roscoe's. For the first time? Mm-hmm. How? Why? Because, I don't know. Chicken and waffles is not a Southern thing. Like Chicken I, and waffles is not a Southern thing. That's new But chicken, macaroni and cheese, Ooh, candy yams, cornbread. cheese is the best. It is. You I'm know a why? mac and cheese connoisseur. That that mac and cheese, you can tell was in that black iron skillet. Oh my god! Or that black iron pan. Oh, it's so good. And it was done up to perfection. It's great. Oh, because you come out here, which is what I I find as a gripe out here is that the food is not always consistent. No, and it's hard to find good soul and food. And I'm not about. I don't know why people are on this sushi kick. <laughs> Wait I don't want to eat no sushi. Well, if dip my sushi in some grease and we can talk. Exactly. <laughs> Put some heat to that fish and then serve it with some rice. Don't be trying to give me no raw something like you just pulled it up out of the ocean and then you're going to cut it up and tell me to eat it. No, I'm not doing that. I need mine in some grease first. Yeah, or, or all this healthy stuff, kale, juicing. Why are you ju- you got to eat? I have a eat. juicer guilty, which I'm... I'm you're so <laughs> L.A. You're stink guy. You're so I'm L.A. I'm adopting some of the health things that they do out here which i mean it's all new to me so LA. i do have a juicer i am you gotta try it <laughs> i will make you a juice let me tell you if i'm drinking a juice it better be with a chicken pot pie <laughs> some meatloaf or some ham turkey where are you getting all that because they don't sell that in restaurants here yeah they do you just got to go to the right ones where are you going i go i either go to boston market or uncle andre's i've heard of uncle andre's you need to go eat Monique at uncle andre's endorsed Uncle Andre's. Go to Uncle Andre's. It's in Studio City. But they're, they have barbecue, right? Uh-huh. Um, I've also tried Blood Sows, which you should try. It's on La Brea. What is it called? Blood Sows. They have one in Compton. <sighs> that is, it, it's on... But they opened one in... On La Brea, Hollywood, right? Hollywood, on La Brea. Actually, that's the next place I need... Because all so I saw... on the, I saw barbecue, I saw ribs, ribs I saw cornbread. Brisket. 
it's all good. The mac yes. and cheese is the best. The See? potato salad is good. Uh, now, so <laughs> you have to be careful with people's potato you salad. You can't eat everybody's you can't potato eat everybody's, salad. No. This is good potato salad. Because, you know, whenever you, whenever it's a family function or it's a, if you have to find out who made it. Yeah. Like, who made the potato salad? Sister Louise did. Oh, no. Well, we I got to know. You, do you do white or yellow? Yellow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you'll like this. You put mustard in it. Mustard, yeah. 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 Okay. See, Southern folks can't let that food go. That's awful. I'm <laughs> always looking for good soul food places, though. I f- I f- I found most of them. You have. I think we'll have to share that. Oh yeah. There's also I need to try Miss Peaches right over oh, here yeah. on Lancashire. I've tried them. No, it's not that good. No, because there was a fly in my uh, peach cobbler. A say and no B, more. My chicken was undercooked. Say no more. It was more. pink. Uh uh-uh, uh, you about to get the runs? <laughs> no, 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 not trying to do that. Not here, not uh-uh. with government shutdowns okay. and salmonella chicken. No, no, no. Um, so all right, we're gonna wrap up soon because <laughs> <laughs> we've been talking for an hour. Oh wow! I know that you have other stuff to do. Um, but I've got to ask you. We've talked mm-hmm. a lot about the pros and cons of living here. Mm-hmm. What is it that's keeping you in LA? What do you love about it? And what's like what makes L.A. kind of the perfect place to be for you? For me, what keeps me in L.A. is the pursuit of the dream. I, ca- I came out here with a goal in mind and I told myself I wouldn't leave until I accomplish it. So I feel like if you are planning to move to L.A., A, do your research. B, um, you know, get settled. Don't you know, don't dive into this industry without knowing about this industry. Um, it's very different from wherever you came from. You know, it's for me, it was different in South Carolina because I did mostly theater in South Carolina. Um, and then here you have to really learn, you know, the ways of the industry again. Um, so make sure you do that and make sure you, you get yourself to a stable point where you can manage to stay here. Cause I've seen people come and go. I've seen people who have moved here, who have done this, that, and the other, and they're just every which way. And about a few months later, they were back home. You know, if you want to do this, do it. Also, try not to give yourself a timeline. Don't say, in six months, I got to have, in six months, you may not have that. Mm -hmm. It's good to have goals. Um, But, you know, goals like, I'm going to get an agent. And then do everything that you can to get that agent. Once you got that agent, what's your next step? Once you get that, what's your next step? You know, or don't give yourself, I give myself a year to make it. You may not make it in a year. You may make it on that 366th day rather than the 365th day. And then now you already packed up and gone, you know? So come out here knowing that your story is going to be different from everyone else's and that it either may happen for you quickly or it may not. And, be involved in this industry and know and have thick skin because you are going to hear a lot of no's before you a hear lot. a lot of yeses. Right. Um, and just network, keep a good group of people around you, um, know who you are and you'll remain here. It's a, it's a great city besides the traffic besides traffic. I do traffic. not try do not understand this. Traffic. It makes no sense. It makes no sense to me at all. But besides the traffic and besides some of the people, you will be fine, you know, um, as long as you just come out um, and and do what you need to do to accomplish the goal that you need to accomplish. And that is well said. 
And I think uh, a lot of people will benefit from that. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me today. I feel like I was just rambling. I think we all ramble. (laughs) (laughs) There will be some parts in there that people might get lost. There are times where they're like, what are they talking about? Mac and cheese. Right. Superhead. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Go hand in hand. You have some mac and cheese, you get some superhead, you all right. (laughs) It's a good day. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. All right, that was episode number four with Tony Moore. Hey, that rhymes. Um, He was great. We met on Facebook, and he's actually was really easygoing and super friendly and a joy to meet. I hope you all will check out his show, Lounging with Tony. I will include links to his show and also some details about central casting if you're interested in pursuing background work on my website, latransplant.com. So do check that out. And until next time... Catch you later.